Hello and namaste guys. I am Dr. Anushruti and I am back with a super big hit. Today I have Dr. Jason Wan who's a physical therapist and a pain relief and strength coach. He is joining live directly from San Francisco. Hello Jason, how are you? Hi, I'm do- doing well. Thank you. You're welcome. Jason without wasting time I would like to ask the first question that what do you describe physical therapy as especially for the general audience you know who has no link to biology and anatomy Physical therapy is a profession that helps people um to rehabilitate from either various injuries ailments or disease and specifically physical therapy We specialize a lot in the sports and orthopedic realm, but a lot of people don't know that we also span many other systems that we do help from cardiovascular to hormonal um to women's health, to geriatrics. So we have a lot of subspecialties and essentially what we do that's different from the other parts of the population in in terms of physicians or general practitioners is we use exercise and we use education as our main preventative and also our main medicines. Absolutely. Since you just used the term exercise that is a very very integral part of physical therapy. You would have come across a lot of yoga instructors, you know, who tend to have exercise as a part as a part of their regime. So, can you just clear out a misconception of yoga and physical therapy being the same? Yeah, it's actually completely different. Um you know for for one the credentials of becoming a doctor of physical therapy it's it's 4 years of college at least in the US 4 years of college followed by another 3 years uh, to become a doctor of physical therapy uh as a doctor of physical therapy we use evidence based research to to promote every intervention that we do um and at the same time yoga is a practice in which um there's a lot of dynamic movements there's a lot of stabilization um but at the same time it's not a diagnosis and in terms of what i do that would be different from a yoga instructor is that we're able to evaluate and objectively assess somebody's mobility strength stability and we're able to create a customized plan that's going to help them with their health and fitness goals and whether that's just coming back from an injury or they have some sort of chronic persistent aches and pain um that's where we are essentially different as well as for for one i i do believe that hashtag, there's nothing wrong with getting strong so i am a big believer in blending a mixture of mobility but also using external weights bands kettlebells dumbbells in order to help people uh, achieve more in their health and fitness and can you actually define a certain time or certain point of life when a person should actually approach a physical therapist like often we have seen patients coming when they have a certain injury certain pain in their body parts or prescribed by an orthopedician so is there any way that you know a general public or the general audience who's listening and watching us right now on various platforms could understand that when should they approach a physical therapist that's a great question and i think that physical therapy honestly is evolving so i think classically people that would go to physical therapy versus yoga would be it's not just to get flexible but it's actually to become more functional as a human being and become more resilient and so i think that as time goes on and even till this day in 2022 heading into the new year 
people are still very much reactive. Reactive being yeah. when they have a knee injury, that's when they see a physical therapist or a general practitioner will refer them to me uh, in order to rehabilitate their knee. Or if they have any persistent low back pain because they sit for a long period of time, uh, if the pain gets too much, then they'll want to seek out services. They'll start looking on Google or different platforms or even social media. As, as we know, social media is a huge thing where if somebody has persistent low back pain, they'll start hashtagging low back pain and they'll start to find my post or maybe your post as well. And um, it's not a bad thing in itself. Social media allows a lot of people to share their passions and also uh, share a little bit more about their business. But I think that physical therapy nowadays I'm starting to branch it so that people should be more proactive. So when you're seeking out physical therapists, is it really just because you have an injury or pain or should you seek it out because you're really just trying to improve your overall health? I'm really thinking about whether you have pain or not, you can still benefit from hiring a physical therapist or a coach like myself or other people, because that way you're not having to spend X amount of dollars um, when things get bad, right? When you have way, pneumonia, in a when way, you have we can say getting prevention and precaution beforehand, you know, and obviously gaining strength and resistance and balance exercises. There's a lot of things that a physical therapist has to uh, provide to the patients, which in general, I find that in all over the parts of the world, people are still having, you know, a doubt. Uh, there is something that they do not know when exactly to approach a physical therapist. So guys and the clients, everyone who's listening to us, watching to us, do not wait for a particular time to approach your nearest physical therapist. No, 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 no. That's a big do because this is the time you should approach to gain strength, balance, resistance and a lot more for your own benefit. Jason, coming back to you, one more thing. Physical therapy has evolved a lot after coronavirus. Physical therapy is like it is it has been there for a very long period of time but the demand of physical therapy has just increased widely so what do you think can be the reasons of this and what were your personal experience in coronavirus with physical therapy yeah it's a great question so i think that when people had to pivot so if somebody had a certain uh, brick and mortar or a certain clinic that people saw in person but when February to March 2020 hit and people started figuring out that there's a virus around then a lot of people's business imploded and uh, for me I actually worked in a very large uh, HMO clinic uh, Kaiser Permanente which is actually they, they sponsor the Golden State Warriors so I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that and uh, I was working for them for about two years and uh, some of the reasons being um, and I won't go into too much of that but some of the reasons why I um, ultimately quit and wanted to start my own business was to treat patients the way that I wanted to treat them. I didn't want to see 12 to 20 patients a day anymore. I didn't want to uh, be rushed to see my clients. I wanted to give them my personal one-to-one -one time. And so when I quit in 2019, I started something before the pandemic started. I started a remote coaching program called the Pain-Free Academy. And it is to help any busy professionals and parents around the world eliminate chronic pain from their life so they can enjoy life more fully and have a better quality of life. Um, and so for me, I felt like if it was more remote, some people think you can't be touched. Some people think you need to put your hands on somebody in order to relieve pain. But realistically, if I just provide the right education, if I provide the right exercises, 
that can be of great benefit to somebody. And it shows that if, let's say you were my patient, if you're getting rid of pain from, from India, that really empowers you, that you are ultimately in control of your pain in your body. And I think that's the benefit of remote coaching is the lack in of way, hand. Yeah, in a way, we are connecting the whole world. We are increasing our reach. Like if I want to get treated by the best physical therapist of San Francisco, I can directly contact Dr. Dr. Jason right. while sitting in India and getting the best treatment out there. So yeah. yeah, even in India, we have witnessed a lot of demand, like a huge demand in physical therapy because of long hours of sitting, sitting, right. work from home. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming to this work from home, I am having a question to ask. Work from home has eventually hired the risk of cervical pain. You know, people having a hunchback, sitting like this, typing. So like what are some preventive methods to have for cervical pain? Yeah, and that's a great question because I myself, in my early 20s, I dealt with a lot of cervical pain due to being in a couple car accidents. And so I think that some of the preventative measures, if we're just going to like the tactics of things, is make sure that you set an alarm, right? Every one to two hours. So it alarms you to actually move. Um, I think a lot of people have a sense of, hunchback posture being like that is the the direct root cause of your pain but truthfully enough it's like when you're thinking about the pandemic there's a lot more people that have lost their jobs that have more financial struggle uh maybe they had co-workers and now they have no co-workers so they're more socially isolated maybe they used to take walks for lunch in their hallway but now they're just sitting and then they go to the kitchen they eat their lunch and they go straight back to their computer So I think some preventative things are definitely like posture is a contributor, um, but it's not the direct, always the root cause. So posture one is get up and moving, having a good desk mobility routine to stay pain free and to actually move your neck and your upper back and your shoulders. If you don't move your upper back and your shoulders, then your neck's still going to not feel very good. Another thing is try to get outside. Sunlight has been proven to alleviate mood and to decrease tension in the body. Go out for walks Um, at best. Try to connect with somebody like yourself or a family member or colleague because social isolation leads to depression and anxiety. And that in itself can create unwanted tension in the body. Um, And lastly, just take care of your diet. Take care of your diet. Have a good, consistent exercise plan when you're not at the desk. And I think you'll be in good hands. Uh, Jason, you would definitely agree with me that ergonomics is an integral part of physical therapy. How do you think like in India and even some Asian countries, I have come across a fact that people are not aware about a particular ergonomics they should follow. They ought to follow that ergonomics even while at home, while studying or while being in office. So and in India, you know, we have special drives being conducted in MNCs and other over you know big platforms to teach the employees and the employers, the students, in schools, colleges, that how to apply ergonomics. I would request you to suggest some ergonomics tips for everyone listening and watching us right now. Before that, people, yes, you guys, I am speaking to you. This is your reminder to straighten your back. Jason, continue. Yeah, so I think that ergonomics is a huge component. Um, So a couple of suggestions that I tell people is Try to ensure that you have the right supports. So if you have like a computer, um, 
wrist supports can be helpful, like wrist rest. Um, having a better ergonomic mouse can be helpful. Um, so if your wrist is always in a pronated position, it's likely that your forearm or your shoulders and even your neck can get very, very tight. Um, I always suggest that if you have a laptop, try not to have the laptop too low because that's going to result in you like hunching for a long period of time. So that's why even while I'm talking to you, I actually do have monitors that are at least one inch above the eyebrow. So that way I'm not looking down. I always suggest that people brighten up their screens and also enlarge the words because if words are too small, you're likely to lean forward into those positions as well. Um, so it's easy enough control plus or like command plus to increase the size of your words. Uh, here's, a, here's a really hidden one is I would suggest having people um, get some blue light blockers, right? So I actually wear these at work. Blue light blockers, essentially what they do is they block out blue light. It allows you to get better sleep at night um, and it does decrease eye soreness and fatigue um, and eye dryness. So that way you can either work for a longer period of time and if your eyes get sore, guess what? Then your neck and your back start to get very stiff. Um, and then lastly, I'd say it, it's, it's optimal to try to maintain 90 degree angles like at the elbow or even at the waist and the knees. So if your chair is too low, it's likely your hips are gonna be below your knees and then you're gonna start slumping down again. Um, and then chairs, I'm not, even though some people suggest 300 to $1,000 ergonomic chairs, I actually have a chair that I've been using since college. And it's a chair that basically has a backrest, but the beauty of it is if you know what foam rolling is, foam rolling is where you can you know, foam roll your back. Yeah. I actually appreciate the fact that my chair is not ergonomically friendly. It's not the most comfortable, but if it's not the most comfortable, I'm more likely to fidget and move. If it's too comfortable, I'm actually likely to sit still for longer periods of time. Um, and I can actually use my backrest, which is really low. I can actually use it as a foam roll, um, which is awesome because I don't have to get to the floor. So that's just a couple of suggestions I suggest to you and my clients. I do hope that these suggestions are going to be very fruitful for all the listeners and viewers. Jason, you know, in the beginning, we, we were just discussing uh, strength training and resistance training. And you are quite aware of the bodybuilding, you know, the season that is going on right now. It is like in a trend. People are more often into this training. They're gaining their muscles, bone and everything. So how is and, and yeah, before that, everyone, like each one of the thousand or hundred, I have come across a person who actually believes that physical therapist has the same work because we use some weight bearers activities and uh, gym trainers have the same work. So the question, question just like misconception of yoga and uh, physical therapy, the same question of a physical therapist and a gym trainer. Yeah, so I was actually a former personal trainer. And so uh, when I was doing that, I was essentially just prescribing more so strength programs. I knew a little bit about stretching. And so as you venture more into physical therapy, um, a doctor of physical therapy, again, is able to evaluate you, ask the right questions to ensure there's no red flags, and then give you an objective assessment. So this is looking at your strength, your stability. Um, we are the experts at gait. So if there's something that's missing or we can check how you're walking back and forth and evaluate that and see if there's any compensations. Um, and I think that, sure, there are great there are great personal trainers out there, but a doctor of physical therapy, essentially, we went to school to look at how to create an objective assessment and then create a right plan of attack um, for that person. Uh, I personally, I still strength train a lot, as you probably have come through my Instagram. I still strength train a lot. I still 
do bodybuilding regimens. I still like to stay fit and build muscle. And that's because if you think about it this way, if you have a certain injury, building muscle around a joint that hurts, that actually makes sense. Is that when you have more muscle around a joint, it's going to have better muscular endurance. You're going to have better ability to handle heavy loads, just simply like grabbing a bag of trash and bringing it outside. Some people hurt themselves with doing that. So having a regimen where you have good mobility and stretching, right? So that that's where yoga can come into play, um, but also having a good strength regimen is paramount in order to create better stability around joints and for you to prevent injuries from happening. Jason, uh, I I personally would like to ask that uh, what is what exactly you know physical therapy plays a role in injury prevention. And sorry, the question was what is what injury what prevention? exactly physical therapy plays the role in injury prevention. Yeah, the crazy thing about this right now is I, I think times will change over time, but injury prevention is poorly compensated essentially what injury prevention is it's learning good biomechanics and learning how to consistently exercise and exercise the right way so when you decide to play sports or do any physical activity it decreases the chance of you having an injury we can never say we can never predict and say if you exercise like this we can prevent we can reduce the risk of an injury so that's why i think that physical therapy you shouldn't think of physical therapy as when i'm hurt or when i'm injured or when i have pain that's when i should seek it out i think people should come to physical therapy if they're interested in learning more about biomechanics and kinesiology and learning how to exercise appropriately and eat the right foods and 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 get the right amount of sleep so there's a balance between recovery and training if you don't recover properly it doesn't matter how good your training regimen is so i think that's a huge just dif- differentiating factor right there Absolutely. Jason, what are your views on geriatric physical therapy? You know, in India and and in and even in other parts of the uh, world, we we would have come across a lot of senior citizens especially, people older in age. They use they often use walking aids, crutches and you know, walker, wheelchairs only because of their age. There is no ailment, no underlying condition just because of their age they do start using uh walkers and crutches so is there any way that physical therapy can help them out to uh just switch it up these all walking aids and make make them move freely yeah there i think there's a common misconception that if somebody has gray hair they should have a cane or a walker and i think that's definitely not true my mom is 71 uh she has she has gray hair but she does dye it black but i mean she's she's <laughs> 70 to 71 years of age and she's still able to deep squat and lift pretty heavy weights off the floor. So, um I think that age is relative to how you feel. I actually have something in my bathroom that says age is relative to how you feel. It doesn't matter what your age, your biological age is. Physiologically, how do you feel? There are 70-year-olds that can still run a marathon or 70-year-olds that are in a wheelchair. So, I think with regards to geriatric physical therapy, I don't think that geriatric physical therapists or physical therapy that treats older clients should automatically assume that they need lower level exercises or they need a cane or a crutch or a wheelchair in order to navigate the world. I think that if you have actual dumbbells if you just think about evaluating where their strength is and still treating them as if they're a 40 50 year old but maybe you have to lower the intensity or you have to lower the volume of the workout 
because maybe they don't have as much capacity as a 40 year old. And that's totally fine. As long as you understand and understand that age doesn't matter. It's what you see in uh, is what you see in front of the person. If they can squat, if they can squat 80 pounds, hell, have that 67 year old squat 80 pounds. Don't treat them like their age. So I think that's that's a huge thing because when I'm 70, 80 years of age, you better bet I'm still going to be lifting pretty heavy weights and still keeping my body strong. So I would like to conclude this in age is just a number. So you don't have to feel like you are 69 or you are 72 or you are 83. It's just a number. We have a lot of examples to look upon if we really want to get fit, fitter and the fit. So Jason, thank you so much for giving so light, so much light on the topic physical therapy and its importance. And I really hope all the viewers, all the listeners listening to us, watching to us right now on various platforms from India and San Francisco, I believe you guys have got a greater and broader aspect of physical therapy. Jason, I really look forward to do a lot of videos and podcasts with you in the near future. Giving you all my best wishes for the next endeavors. And guys, do comment down what exactly do you wish to see in the next video with me and Jason. Thank you, Jason. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.